This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering if you found since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into our midweek live show talking all things Ipswich Town where you guys set the agenda and girls and we're available weekly on podcast audio and video and joining me tonight my buddy from the ITFC supporters Q&A on Monday night Joe Fairs. Joe how are you? Very good. Very good. We could talk about the Q&A bit. Um, I mean there's plenty of stuff going on this week it's been quite a busy one so we want to hear from everyone in the comments and um, folk are getting in there already that's great and I love to see the chat kind of evolving as well and everyone finding each other in the channel good um we're here to talk about the q a which we'll start with in a second um oh you obviously last night's um interesting points deduction for west ham under 21s which is interesting um post kind of um post-match outcome which has made last night's result a little bit less interesting um new deal for idris il mazzini till 2024 and barrow in the cup at home if we beat oldham next week Let's start with that Q&A, Joe. Um, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. We were sort of some of the lucky fans that were able to get down there sort of logistically and got tickets to it. So, no, good to see the sort of whites of the eyes of the people that you're talking to and be in the same room as them because I think you, you do get a bit more which you don't see on camera. Like when the questions are being asked, you can see the reactions of the guys who, when they're listening to the questions and parts of which they agree to and... It's like that. No, no, I thought it was good. I thought there were some good questions asked. There were some a couple Stuff of random ones asked as well. But um, says Lee. yeah, some interesting ones. But I, I do, I do think. So I know people have mentioned about the pies questions, but stuff like that is important to ask. And if people want to ask it, like there was, there was plenty of time to for these questions, and they they all got answered. Now, you sometimes need something a little bit lighter as opposed to sort of real heavy ones about how the club's being run and all that side there. And I think what was good this time is that 
there weren't too many football questions asked because I think sometimes people try and question the manager on things and really I don't think it's particularly constructive when when that happens in those forums because no, the manager, it's a bit awkward, doesn't it? The manager's just able just to talk him down as as they should do. They are the one that watches it there, but I do find sometimes we can get too focused on what's going on on the pitch in those meetings where really they are for what is going on in the club, in the community, around it. And I, and I thought it was really good on that side. And I do think the club is in safe hands at the moment. It was reassuring, wasn't it? And obviously Ed Schwartz over um, from the ORG, the kind of um, the representation of the Arizona Pension Fund that is is largely funding the game changer part of the ownership structure. And a really excellent question. I forget who it was. Um, I think the guy who asked about the pies, actually, um, kind of about succession planning, which is obviously something that we we don't really want to think about. And it's early days of the game changer era. So to start thinking about what's next, it's kind of um, feels a bit strange. But actually, it was a really relevant question and elicited a really interesting answer about. And he was quite big on legacy, wasn't he, Ed? I thought you came across really well. Yeah, and I, I do think that people may, may not want to hear it, but ultimately it's... Any businessman, they and on the on the sort of size and scale that these guys are, they they need an exit plan for businesses because if you don't have one, then at some point you're going to get yourself into a big bit of trouble with it and end up potentially harming the asset when you try and dispose of it at that point. So it's, it's like I say, this is an investment for them, isn't it? We, we all yeah. know that it's not a it's not a love of the club. They're they're not a local fan with millions of pounds that wants to help the community. They're doing it sort of for the brass tax of it at the end of the day. And hopefully they they make money on it because if they make money, it means the... Um, Mutual interest. It means it? We've, we've done well because the only, the only way they're going to make money is if the club is a success. So hopefully that is the case. Yeah. Well, we want to hear from all of you out there. We haven't had too many questions, lots of stuff in the Q&A about pies, buses and kiosks and so on. Um, but we, we do want to hear from you. And so get your questions in and we'll do as many as we can. We're here for sort of 30 to 40 minutes. An early plug. Um, Joe and I are, are whisking ourselves off to exactly the same place, um, but just changing the background to do a Football Manager 22 special. So if you've got any questions for that one, um, there's a tweet out there. Um, or at Ipswich if you want to ask any Football Manager 22 questions to Joe and Head of EFL Research, Dean Gripton. And that show will hopefully be out um, either tomorrow morning or maybe even this evening if we can get it out there. So worth looking out for there. Um, g'day to Michael, as always, from Brisbane. And um, apart from the final ball slash shot, that we played some great football on Tuesday night. Joe, you were you were there. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's, I, the game just felt quite flat to watch. I think... Can I just show you something? Crowd and... Can I surprise you? Um, here's the attacking momentum graph. Does yeah, that join with your experience? It didn't feel like that at the time, but I sort of watched the highlights back today and thought we did actually have some good chances here. It felt like too often we just held on for the ball for too long, didn't move it quick enough and ended up things breaking down and going back. But I'd say maybe I wasn't really watching it properly. I was just sort of, <laughs> sort of half going and it, it just wasn't that exciting, it didn't seem. But... You know, the chances, there were some good chances. They had a couple of nice breaks, but they were quite disciplined and organised side and we struggled to really break them down well. But Here's I think the stats. a draw was probably a fair result. Well, you say that, the stats, 63% possession for Ipswich, I guess not noised important stats, but 19 shots, seven on target, four block shots, nine corners, eight offsides though. Um, and I guess a lot of 
the chat will be about the players that came in. Obviously, Joe Piggott, after Cook had mentioned him on the Q&A, um, he got some minutes. I'll just put the team up there, Joe. Do you want to tell us about your thoughts on, on Joe Piggott? I, th- I thought he struggled, to be honest. I thought he looked quite rusty when, when the ball did go to him. I think, I'd, and I don't want to dig out another player, but Louis Barry, I thought, was pretty poor behind him. And it just, he just had no one near him and he didn't hold the ball up well. He had a couple of chances, one of which weren't very close going in, the one that hit the bar. But I think we have to remember, he's like I say, he's lost his father in recent weeks and he's he's not been involved. He's not got any minutes under his belt. So hope, hopefully things go from there but no I, I didn't think he was very good in it but I'm, but then like I said I didn't think he's very good but I'm also not too worried about that in the long term because I think that no. it will sort itself out as he gets more minutes under his belt and I think maybe it, that was a point that Paul Cook made at the fans forum actually one that he, you don't ever feel like you can take Macaulay Bon off because he, he feels like he's still working hard he's still got a chance to get you a goal but really we need to start giving Piggott 15 20 minutes at the end of games to try and yeah get him into some sort of form as well and if Cook doesn't want to go away from one up front, then that's the only real option is to replace Bond, isn't it, every now and again? It's true. To Chris's question there, did anyone come out of uh, last night with any credit? Um, good, good football. No, can't agree we played good football. Sorry. Um, Piggott, Chaplin, had stinkers. Um, Simon suggested Bailey Clements, a second half sub for Miles Kenlock. Your thoughts on, on Bailey Clements, Joe? Yeah, I thought he did well. And sort of with Chris's question, I thought the ones coming out with credit, I thought Sonia Luco played well. And I know there's a lot of talk of Scott Good Fraser in the middle of the pitch, but I personally, I didn't, I didn't think he played that well. I thought he was a bit slow moving the ball around. But again, you look at the highlights, and he did have some, some decent passes. But I, I don't feel he was combative enough in the middle of the pitch. And we'll go from there. It, it just didn't seem a role that suited him. But we'll go from there with Bailey Clements. It seems strange that Ken Lock played just the first half, but then I think Cook mentioned after the game that Miles had been sick on Monday and he declared himself fit but was being sick at half time so that's why that change was made but yeah Clemens did well there's a couple of times when he maybe sort of passed the ball when he could have sort of put a decent cross in and sort of I don't know whether it's sort of nerves or you, you don't want to make the mistakes or you're happy to shirk the responsibility sometimes and just laying it back to Fraser for him to do something with or Chaplin but I thought he I thought he he, he didn't give the ball away he got up and supported the attack quite well and was able to defend as and when he needed to, which was quite infrequent. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the questions. And we've got, uh, we, they're piling in now, which is great. So thank you for that. Also, thank you for the thumbs up. Um, Simon, Stephen, um, we see you. Thank you for the thumbs. If you're watching on YouTube, do give us a thumbs up, nudges us up the algorithms and on Facebook as well. And on Twitter, just we want to hear from you, like stuff, retweet stuff if you want, that's fine. Um, but we can see the likes from everyone else. Um, but yeah, um, there's no fixed agenda. Whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll go there. I'll try and meander and navigate Joe um, back onto topics. Charlie D makes a really valid point, and 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 I fear that he might be. Um, he might be. <laughs> this might be easier said than done. I'd like that to be the end of the Marcus Evans chat. I can think we have had two Q and A's, Joe. We've been fortunate enough to attend both times. Marcus Evans has come up, and this time, much more than last time. There was a, a kind of some disquiet would be the polite way of putting it in the room, which I don't know if that came across over the speakers. It's, it's a bit it's kind of like Mick McCarthy. Do we not need to start, to Charlie's point, leaving these topics of conversation in the past? Yeah, I, I, I thought the reaction, that was probably the only thing in the, in the form that disappointed me. I think sometimes the reaction to Evans when sort of Mike O'Leary is up there sort of saying how Evans sort of helped them out. He still wants to be involved. He's kept He's on his box. He's put 
sort of 70 million into the club of his own money effectively and it hasn't it hasn't gone right it's it's a shame it's a, obviously a big shame for all us fans a big shame for him he he never ran the club properly because he never sort of trusted anyone to do it but i don't it, i don't know it just seemed a bit like with sort of the way he was treated or spoken about is almost like he's been a owner who's come in and tried to kill the club when yeah, it's sort of the opposite is true he's tried to help yeah. the club and just hasn't known how to do it and hasn't done it well but he's well, the only reason we're with game changer with no debt on the club is because of how he sort of treated the sale and the fact he still wanted to keep a portion of the club and still wanted to keep his box here is sort of shows a sort of level of maturity and responsibility that he's shown in that so mm. I know I think we've we've sort of come out of it in a good place it might not have been the best thing for the club but we never know I think some people may forget sometimes what a state the club was in when he when he took over because we were in a real real bad position at that point and sort of administration with no one there and someone else might have come along and you, you don't know whether they'd have been better or worse but ultimately we are where we are now and I think everyone's quite positive for the future Yes, let's look forward. Um, game changers, Lee said, want to make money. They will leave at some point. So the succession question was very relevant. Um, I think we agree with that. Um, EJ, can we end up playing Colchester again in the Pizza Cup? I don't think we can because at some point it stops being regional, doesn't it? Which I think is the final. I think we, I think we can do, just not in is the it? next round. I think the next round. Oh, sorry, is... again he said. I thought he meant in the final. Sorry, we can play them anywhere up to the semi-final. I would. Yeah, not in the next round because it's next group round. winners against the second league, placed in the group. So. Yeah. We can't play them then, but I Sorry. think after that, it's just an open draw. Mm. Um, board the nod. I was wishing Pickett to do well. I looked out, so let's hope he comes through it soon. I think we can. I'm, all... I'm sure he will. He's got too much quality not to, hasn't he? Um, Mark, um, have, um, how are we feeling on Pickett? I think a lot of the chat so far has, has kind of given you a sense of that. Hopefully, Mark is the lack of sharpness. A worry if anything happens to Bond. Obviously, Bond did get a Zim- I think did get a Zimbabwe call up and then said no on health grounds. Um, can he play the Bond role is a question and isn't Norwood better for that it's an interesting thought Joe whilst you're taking a sip there I'll, I'll weave in um, Michael's comment which is do you think we'll go for a striker in January no, even if we keep slash sign Bonfield Norwood has missed his chance for whatever reason to be an important member of the squad so your thoughts there on the covering for Bond the role Piggott has and whether there's another striker there if well, Norwood does indeed go in the January, realistically you, you need three strikers don't you because if if Bond were to get injured and miss six weeks, you couldn't go with just Piggott with someone else backing him up, whether that be a Chaplin or a Selena who could play up front or a Jackson maybe. But Norwood just, for whatever reason, hasn't taken the opportunities he's had at this football club. And I don't think there's a future for him here. So, yeah, I think we will need to sign a third striker in January. Um, who that is, I don't know. But... So I saw some people mentioning earlier about Tyree Simpson being recalled from loan, which I would mm. suggest is the best thing to do. I think leaving him there is probably better where he's playing every week. But I don't know. I, I just seems I, there's not really been any comment from the club, but Norwood is just not there. And there's rumours on Twitter and Facebook that he's training with the under-23s. That, that does look to be the case from when you see when he's going into the club and when we know when the under-23s train. And again, sort of referring back to the fans forum, Mark Ashton said that the under-23s are training at different times to the first team. So they're not even with each other. And it does look like that is the case at the moment. But obviously that's not being confirmed. So we'll see from there. But that was yeah, me I think, I think, 
doing bubbles, by the way. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I, I, th I think we just need um, we, we 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 will need another striker. I've seen um, I've heard a couple of names that we're linked with, but we'll, we'll see where they go. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting window. Just to um, I've missed. And the obviously, we have the. Um, is Bond going to sign on a permanent or is QPR going to recall him or send him somewhere else? So I'd imagine we are working on first choice targets plus also third choice targets, if that makes sense. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of work going on there. Yeah. EJ's question, where is Nord? I think we've dealt with that now. Do you think we'll get a left back in January? I guess the question is whether A, the extent of Vincent Young's injury because he can play left back or whether Bailey Clements, I think, qualifies as an under. 21 just does he yeah know? i think he does yeah whether he would be a viable option or to ej's point whether we would do some shopping thoughts it just seems that and i like i say i don't know whether it is but it just seems that hayden colson's move here is just destined to fail it sort of from the very start we waited around for him for ages he then obviously then had covid he then took a while to come back he then played a couple of games went off injured has come straight back in play the game, start the next game off injured again. It's just like, sometimes it just makes you think this isn't, this isn't the right move for this club and it's just not going to work here. It's just fate or luck or whatever, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to work out that move from here. And also when you, when you see how sort of Dinassians played on the right-hand side, um, do we want a more, defensive fullback who can attack as opposed to an attacking fullback who can defend, which I think is Colton's side of it. I think we yeah. were caught out early on in the early on in the season with fullbacks being just far too attacking and, and Plymouth as well. You maybe know, even there, there, like I say Burgess did did well there at Wickham and I think maybe we'll see a bit more of him there against certain teams. Maybe Rotherham in a couple of weeks he might he might play there again. But it does seem like I say we, we we obviously recruited a lot in the summer. But you, you were never going to get everyone right. There's 19 signings. If you got, you're going to have four or five of those which don't work out for one reason or another. And Coulson may be one, and the one reason or another maybe just because he can't get or stay fit. So I think we do. There's a few areas of the squad where I think we just aren't quite there yet. And I think left back is definitely one of them. Mm. Going back to the the cup matches, obviously um, Marius's point here is 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 definitely some stuff that I've heard. The Oldham game, we haven't really talked about that. The one or draw on Saturday, which was quite disappointing, um, needing penalties to defeat Colu with with notionally um, more rotation on Tuesday night, less so on Saturday. Um, these cup games have shown that we're nowhere to his to his words, nowhere near the finished article. We should be dispatching the teams like these inside ninety minutes. Your thoughts on on that, Joe? I mean, I guess yeah. it's difficult after the kind of a, a massive win at Wickham, you know, a massive, you know, really important in a battle to then take someone like Oldham seriously and then to take the pizza cup. Is it more psychological than it's, systemic it, for you? It felt like it on Saturday, but it's difficult because if we, like I say, we obviously had the brilliant result at Wickham and then off the back of that, we've had two sort of disappointing home draws against League Two teams. And But we play Oxford on Saturday. If we beat Oxford on Saturday... No one gives a toss about the, the last two quiz. games. But if we don't beat Oxford on Saturday, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's now three games without a win. What has happened since Wickham? Have we not been able to keep that form going? So it is it is probably one of those situations where it's going to be judged on what happens next as opposed to how it's gone. Because re really the performances weren't good enough and we, sh we should have won both of those games. We had good enough teams to do it there, but for whatever reason, Ipswich Town and Cup games don't go. 
No, that's true. Um, talking of um, Oxford, it's worth mentioning um, our shows coming up over the next few days. Um, all the details, as usual, um, at our website on our socials, which are, again, linked on our website, bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Um, Friday night, 8pm, Craig and I are back for the pre-match show, going head-to-head with another round of Football Runner, Football Room 101. It's easy enough for me to say, but also giving you all the info you need um, for the Oxford matches. Joe's talked about um, going to be a really tricky game there. And that's in association with our friends at the Greyhounds, ultimate pre match venue. So I'm sure a few of us will be there on Saturday as well. So do head down there. As always, the flagship show back on Monday morning. And I think I might be getting the hat trick ball this show, pre match show. And I think I'm doing the flagship show. So if, if you're not a bad of mine, um, this is not a good week for you, but don't worry. I'll try and get a week off next week, and then it will be back to Mikey and Ben and others. So, um, but yeah, usual shows at the usual times: Friday, eight PM, pre-match; Monday morning for the flagship, and as we said already, football football manager twenty-two. Um, our special show marking the release of that game. Um, will be out um Thursday morning at the latest. Let's get back into the questions. Lots of um endorsements on your perspective. On Marcus Evans there, um, so good stuff on that. Joe, HGH, question for me: What skills were by what, uh, what skills will you be offering to the club, Rich? Rich will um, be the new match day host. I I'm I want to. There's all kinds of stuff that I want to do. HGH, I can actually joking aside, I can actually paint as well. I've um, been redecorating the house here, so I can actually hold a paintbrush. I think my point was there are lots of lots of different skills, even business skills, and you know the club is can't recruit hundreds of people to do stuff and so i think that was my point is i can broom and i can you know i can help out with painting and decorating but maybe it's just administrative stuff maybe it's digital media stuff do you know what i mean there's lots of skills out there and um if you missed mark's mark ashton's it's like mark <laughs> we're on first day terms me and mark were chatting about it at the q a um one yeah about an, an hour and seven minutes and if you want to listen to that his answer to that but he basically did a call out. If you want to get involved in any aspects of club operations, um, then get in touch with the club. Um, there's a contact details on the website and all that kind of stuff. So um, I'll, I'll pass that message on on his behalf. Um, maybe we'll hear that from him on the podcast here one day in the future. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, where else are we? Yeah, from... Oh, Andrew. Um, from the comments in the fans forum, do you expect whole stands to be replaced? And if so, what order would you do it? Is there any stand you'd keep to maintain the history? Joe, I'm going to be honest. I'd be tempted to knock it all down. <laughs> but um, that's not going to happen, is it? No, definitely not. Flip it around a little bit. He said, he's <coughs> point, he's saying that the, the stadium backs onto the town or has its back to the town because the main entrance is round the back end of the stadium, isn't it? I do wonder yeah, whether they'll think about flipping well, the, it around. The only point that I, I was thinking about is that, and I think it did come up later in the fans forum, but I missed it a little bit with regards to sort of Portman Road being closed at the moment. Obviously, it's closed for, it's only open to cycle, cycle lanes at the moment. And it's like, is that is that at some point, a point where you could just totally shut that road forever, effectively where the where the ground is, and build the cobbled because the cobbled stand is the, is the problem stand, really, isn't it? The the rest of it is obviously the pioneer stands need to need some updating, but it's got some really what they what new stands are for is to put decent corporate facilities into grounds, and the pioneer stand has got decent corporate facilities in the in the middle tier there, so. Um, could at some point you shut off Portman Road totally and build the, is it the Cobbold Stand at the moment? I always forget what they're called, but the um, yeah. build the Cobbold Stand back into that one, which then does yeah. open up the where he was saying that it's got the back to the to the town. That would be a real front to the town. You could put a big stand there if you could get any of that land in the car park. You could have sort of retail out there, bars, restaurants, and sort of because there was always a Ipswich City mm. or Ipswich Village. Um, Things spoken about with like a hotel on there, but that's what I'd if 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 you could get it. There's there's not really anything there other than other than, around the ground, other than the bus station. There's not anything there. If you could get to those car parks and sort of come round sort of onto the Oldman Road wreck as well, and the bus, you, there's there's a lot of space there to actually work with. And I think it would be a boon for Ipswich as a town to have have that there. But it's just a case of where. But like I say, if if you could just build that Portman stand, the Cobbold stand, back into the road effectively close the road off for good and just have that as there. I think that, I think that would work. Yeah. I, uh, the reason for uh, knock it all down was my, was my quote. The reason for saying that I've no issue with the green King stand actually, or whatever it is now, the Sir Ralph Ramsey stand, isn't it? So Bobby Robson stand, my issue with it, with that is the two tiers and the acoustics is just appalling. And I don't think you can, there's no easy way to fix that to me. And having a single tier cop rip off to me would be excellent for that. And that's why even the Sir Bobby Robson stand to me would would benefit from a re, remodelling. But I, I, this is kind of pie in the sky whilst we're in League One, isn't it? And you know, even mentioned the Cobbold stand being long beyond its lifespan. It sounds like at least there's a strategy there. And it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over the next few years. And Mike O'Leary talking about punching a hole to get articulated lorries through and cherry pickers and stuff so it could be an exciting few years on that front and um, we're here for another 10-15 minutes or so so let's plow through these as quickly as we can joe um adb um another shoulder injury for kvy question mark um shoulders sometimes are never the same after injury another right back in january question mark we hope yeah but he um he'd had because often when you when you've got a weak shoulder it does just go and go doesn't it but he did have the operation on it over the summer which you'd hope would stop it from going as quickly, but he was definitely going off holding his shoulder. I think Craig got a picture of that, which he put in the 
group chat that we that we saw, and he, it was definitely a shoulder injury. So hopefully he went off as a precaution, but generally I'd, I'd expect it to be with Kane. It always seems to be worse than what you hope it is. And if and if it's something that he's going to miss some serious time, I think yeah, you do you do maybe have to look at another right back. But then like the guy's saying it's a waste playing Burns at right back. But then if you've got a Luco playing so well on the right, and we do have options there. I, if, if it's a way of getting them in the team, the worst, maybe you have it? to go with it. It's not your defensive right back, that you, but we're forgetting that Dinassian is here as well, though, aren't we? He's yeah. made that berth his own, really, hasn't he? Um, chat about Norwood in there. I think if it's okay with everyone, um, I'm going to kind of avoid more chat on Norwood and speculating around that if that's okay. So um, we will move on from that if that's okay. Um, Paul Strutz, a long old one here. I need to peek over the top of it. Um, really enjoyed Monday's discussion with Ashton making reference to a lot of stadium concerns. Is it time to think of a possible move away from, move, whatever we go? The atomic option, move away from Portman Road, new stadium. Um, given the current situation, renting from Suffolk County Council, I'm open to this. Thoughts, please. Keep up the good work. Come on, you blues. Yeah, that is an interesting one, Joe. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, there we go. Uh, I, I, I just don't, um, I don't see the need to move away from Portman Road in that, I think there, sh- there should be a good symbiotic relationship between the club and the council. And realistically, Portman Road, it does need some work doing to it. But how, like, we don't own, normally get new ground because you own the land to sell to sort of give you some money to start. But it would have to, we'd have to find some land, build it. And realistically, where's, where's it going to be? Because I don't think you're going to get a better location in Portman Road for for a number of reasons. And train station for one as well, isn't it? Like say, it's, and... it's right by the train station. And that yeah. is that is so key. And if really what they need to do is they need to have more more going on at the ground in the week. So you need to be able to build some facilities in there so you can hire it out for conferences, um, sort of parties, the, um, comedy. They had like, artificial you... grass. They had, do they still have pitches down there? Or have they turned that into a kid's play area? They used to have pitches down there you could have a foot you know like the five-a-side thing like goals or whatever it is and there's one down by the university and stuff like that you could make it into a sports park and stuff like that healthy yeah, living and i think there's loads you could do I, I just don't see that i don't see moving out of the town because it would have to be yeah, out that'd of be town terrible wouldn't it would be good because realistically where's it going to be cop dock is probably the place but then where i say i'm sure i'm sure there's land there but i just don't i don't, I don't think it i think there's there's not enough benefit from moving out of the town for me, but I'm, like I say, I'm sure, I'm sure other people can see that. But but if if you could if you could totally rebuild that cobbled stand, put some modern facilities in there, increase the capacity maybe three or four thousand, and um, put a load more corporate entertainment in there, which is like I say what a lot of stadiums do now. I don't think we'd ever outgrow that stadium, and I think if you could work on the area around the ground. Its location being so close to the train station is just a, such a massive win that it's hard to beat that. And it's not, it's not particularly far off the main road, sort of down Hadley Road into the into the football ground. So it's it's not a, it's not a mess to get to like some some grounds are in town centres, but they're just impossible to. It's only sort of 10, 15 minutes off off the main roads, isn't it, as well? Mm. The thought that comes to mind, uh, AD's point here, never need more than 35 to 40k capacity. I think that's probably fair, at least until you sustain success. Kind of That's why Leicester are looking at that kind of stuff at the moment now, aren't they? Um, but I think he's right there, 35, even 30k for the last 20-odd years has, has been, you know, very rarely have we got to those levels, have we? Um, the thought that comes to my mind, what I'm seeing in my mind is actually rotating the pitch, 90 degrees and and building out towards the bus station for one end and towards the car park to the other end and rotate everything 90 degrees and that's obviously 
an atomic option as well. But I think you're right, staying where that location serves lots of good purposes and just could be exploited much better by the club. But as you say, the town there. Um, I'm reading David's comment here. I need to reread this. Can we not move the ground just off the A12 with no public transport? Terrible parking with locking cars in at 9 p.m. Yeah, I guess that's an advocating for what we're kind of talking about there, isn't it, Joe? Um, yeah. Back to the chats. Um, so, um, Mark, saw an interesting point about Burgess that Accrington, he was defending considerably deeper. So when he has to defend a bit further up, up the pitch, he isn't the same player and not as good. Interesting thought that, Joe. Also, also, he was playing in a back three at Accrington as well. So that obviously right. makes a difference as well. You've got you've got a little bit more help. You're you're playing a bit wider as well. So it's a, it's a strange one, really. And he, he I thought he struggled against Freddie Sears last night. I, I thought Sears gave him a bit of a torrid time at, at times with his movement. And he's probably been... For for what we've paid for him, sort of 750000 He he doesn't... Um, he doesn't seem to be a big enough step up on sort of Enciala even. So I know it's, it's a strange one. Yeah, there we go. Who's that? Colchester number 11. He looks really good. We should sign him. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, HDH, West Ham man 20 on dot three points for fielding an ineligible player. So Tam won the group, call you through too. Looking forward to um, now a home match in round two, Joe. I think suddenly yeah, yeah. there might be a sense that we... Wembley is possible, and I think the crowds might build a little bit. No, yeah, no, no. I, I'm pleased to have a home home tie. You'd much rather have that than not have it. For me, it just seems yeah. it gives you an advantage. Doesn't it? I don't know what we in there's sort of sixteen groups was there. So we're in. I think we've got. I think there's so there's still effectively sixteen teams in the south section. So we've got a. You've got four more ties before you get to Wembley, so it seems a long yeah. way off. But ultimately, by the time we play our next game in this competition, we might be having an injury crisis and having a tough run in the league. And you just say, oh, "Just chuck the kids in it because we don't care if we lose." So mm. hopefully, we can put a team out sort of a similar strength to what we did last night in the next round. But if we if we did, who cares? No, and overly scary as well. In our half of the draw seems um, a few under twenty one still left in there, but. Yeah. Um, and EJ, any of us going to the FA Cup? I think Seb is going to Oldham next Tuesday. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd and, and Seb would, but I don't think anyone else is. A little bit, yeah, a little bit tough for us. Now, I, I would go if I was living in the Midlands because I'm halfway there, but not anymore. And and Barrow, Joe, you'll be there anyway, but I think even, even I might go to Barrow. I'm interested by that game. So, I, yeah. So, hopefully, there's a bit of, you know, momentum. That's what we want. Crowds in and all that kind of stuff. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. That's what we want. Cup win. That would be, that would really help. Um, Michael, could we spend a bit of money on a couple more cameras for the iPhone? That was a good question. That um, uh, yeah, that didn't come up, did it? The iPhone quality. No, no, I guess too many locals in there. Um, we didn't ask that one for you, Michael. But it's right. It is said. Put that in room one hundred and one. I don't know. Portsmouth have sort of a few cameras, don't they? They have a nice setup. A lot of clubs have an in-house broadcast that goes around their games. Like I think Charlton do. They have an in-house broadcast. But mm. um, Marius moving the stadium doesn't always work. Just ask Cole. You fans, stadium is miles better than Nose Road, but it's got the atmosphere mm-hmm. of a morgue, and it's an absolute pain in the ass to go to. But isn't problem it, is, Colchester did have to move, didn't they? Not they didn't have to, but the layer road was falling down, really, wasn't it? And there was no way they could redevelop it where it was. So we're in a fortunate position where I think we can redevelop our ground where it is. So we don't need to take the nuclear option. Lots of chat about attendances. HCH, 8K for a pizza cup was decent turnout, I thought. About the same as the FA Cup. Um, Gary, at the moment, we struggle to get 22,000 present other than if we made the playoffs. 
Um, well, we'll see what the pack out PR. Yeah, that'll be interesting is. to see. Yeah, the pack out um, PR on the Ferodo Bridge. Um, so I'm sure we'll see more and more coming out. I think. Wonder if it'll be anything like the um, Sunderland Till I Die, where they wanted to get that record attendance, didn't they? Yes. Get Charlie and... Methan on the pitch to announce it. Yeah. Yep, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for offers there. Possibly half season tickets, but maybe Christmas offers and all that kind of fun stuff. So we will um we'll obviously retweet that and make sure folk know what's going on there. Um, Lee, a good show from Selena, staying with us as opposed to playing with Kosovo, Joe. I assume Kosovo have only got dead rubbers to play, so that's why he's not gone. But I don't know. But if you think last time he went away, he he went away. Connor Chaplin came in, did really well, and it's taken him till the next international break to get his place back in the team. He, he doesn't want to go away and lose his place for four games and struggled, struggled to get back in the team when he's sort of scored twice in the last game against Wickham. And he, he'll be desperate to stay in the team. So it's just a yeah. case. I'm, yeah, but I'm, any any game that leaves us with a better squad to choose from is, is fine by me. So it's good news. Um, friendly and a dead rubber for Kosovo, says HDH. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, we'll go for a couple more minutes. So last minute questions. Anyone want a, a hello or a shout out? We'll do that. Any predictions for Oxford as well? We'll do those. Let's um, about Peter Reid as well. I was about there, to put well. it up. There you go. Yeah. Um, tell us about Peter Reid, Joe. Any, um, Andrew's question, has he, has he changed anything yet? Go I'm sort of Reed. assuming that everyone here didn't see the fans for him. So I'm probably repeating bits, which a lot of people have seen. But Do the accent, could, Joe. Do the accent. I, I can't do it. I've got a bit of a sore throat, so I could have that side of it. But not there. But Cook basically said that Peter Reid sits up in the stands, watches a game and comes down into the dressing room at halftime and gives him a different perspective on it. And it was something mentioned on, on, on this pod as well and also on Radio Suffolk that basically Mick Mills said he used to do this for Trevor Francis and he'd watch the game from up there and come down and sometimes Trevor Francis would say to him, you take the team talk, you've, you've had a better view of the game to me, you just you just tell the guys what you want to say and if Reed and Cook could have that sort of relationship where they trust each other like that, then it all helps because Peter Reed's a vastly experienced football man, football manager, sort of a, obviously got a good eye for things and if, if, if it's someone Cook trusts and respects and then yeah, all good and our form has improved since Peter Reed has come in the building whether whether that's coincidence or not I don't know or whether it was going that way we don't know but it, it certainly can't hurt having him here mm. yeah he was very positive about um, Reed's influence wasn't he um, Monty apologies it hasn't been asked um, Clements benefit from a league two loan next season I guess Joey's got a one-year deal with an option hasn't he yeah I'd say if we um if, if we could get him out on loan, playing some league football, then it'd be great. But it's sort of getting to an age where he desperately needs it. He's had a couple of loans in the past which haven't gone very well. So we'll see sort of gone out and then ended up not playing. So it's a, it's a shame there. Because like, like I say, loans are very, very difficult to get right. And we've done very well with Simpsons and Indaba's loans this season where they've both played a lot of football already. I know Indaba's currently injured, but it's, it's difficult. Hmm. I, I'd like to see him get a chance here. Um, Local boy as well. We always always love that, don't we? So, um, yeah, let's um, let's see what happens with with Bailey. But um, the cups really good opportunity for him. We're starting to get some predictions coming in. Oxford one all draw for Lee. Is that a win against Oldham Lee or is that a defeat two nil? Uh, we'll need to find out from Lee. Charlie Meffin was a wonderfully unintended football version. Of David Brent he did make that second series of Sunderland till I die, didn't he? Um, Gary Reed and Cookie duo. Worked at Wigan. Um, 
David Sanderson, Danish TV are showing the game. There you go. Ipswich v Oxford on Danish TV. That means there'll be some streams Sources. kicking about for, no, sure, don't for people that. who can't go to the game. Um, Lee, yeah, do it legally. That's what we say. Lee Renshaw, yes, a win. Um, final question. If anyone wants any final shout-outs um, or anything like that, any more predictions, get them in the chat. Um, this is our final question, though. HCS, um, HCH, Ashton said we'd reshuffle. We shuffle the package, January. How many outs in that case, Joe? Well, I think you can look at who's there, and I think... I think Norwood will likely go. I think Jackson will go if he can. Kenlock, John Nolan obviously hasn't been fit at all. Is it, is he someone you'd look to move on? Even you could even say Luke Wolfenden. Really, he seems quite a way off it. And I, I, I don't know. I still don't think the centre back balance is right, especially now George Edmondson's playing on the left and looking good there. It sort of doesn't really leave room for Cameron Burgess. Toto's doing fine and doing a job there. But ultimately, for where the club wants to be, I think you want better than Toto. You want a player that can step up to the championship there. That deal might not be might not be possible to do in January, but we'll see. But hopefully one of those centre-halves can just grab that opportunity with both hands and kick on from there. And like I say, Toto's shown the best in that regard so far. And we think, I know there'll be other exits as well. The two, the two strike up, strikers, you know, Jackson Nord, it feels like, They'll be gone as well, won't they? Or you know, who knows? But it just feels like there will be exits. Although Ashton did suggest there will be strengthening as well, didn't they? So we will be speculating about that for a few weeks to come, I'm sure. And then um, all fun and games in January. Um, just to close things out, Blue Monday ITFC.co.uk is where you can find us. Thanks for the thumbs up on Facebook, um, Paul as well. Thank you for um, there's a there's a love heart on Facebook as well. We love you back. Thank you for that. Um, if you want to give us a, a thumbs up on Facebook, we'd appreciate that. Facebook, um, thumbs up on YouTube also. Um, all the details, all of our shows, all our socials, how you can support if you want to do that as well. Very grateful for anyone who wants to support with a financial donation. Only helps improve what we do here. Thank you for those um, so far. Your names are in the credits, by the way, so stick around for those. But otherwise, head to Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk. Um, final thoughts here. Some more predictions coming in. Charlie D going for a sneaky 1-0. Um, a, a one goal win for EJ as well, 2 1 there. Um, Michael, we are at home to Oxford, so have to win if we want to go up. No pressure, exactly right. Steve is going for a 3 1, very positive here. Um, David, come on, you blues footballers back. We are entertained. Um, thanks, Charlie, for joining us. Thank you to Mark as well, appreciate that. Um, Bod, agree with Michael, Oxford game massive. Um, Michael, great show again. Sunny day oh. in Brisbane, 26 degrees at 5.30. Climate change, AM, I should add. And Mark, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you, everyone, for your questions, your comments, your observations, for driving the agenda. And um, We'll be back, as usual, on Friday and on Monday for the flagship. And look out for our FM22 show. Um, Joe, as always, I will let you have the final say. Thanks, everyone, for all your questions and comments tonight. It's really appreciate it and makes the show what it is. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, 
We understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.